Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. All right, do we switch over to me? Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the 3D Dentist Studio, where we are coming to you live with my new voice. Now, in all seriousness, um, here's the deal. Uh, sleep apnea is probably one of the best things you can implement in your practice, because it unlocks an uh, untapped potential within your practice. But it's also one of the most difficult things to implement because it is so unlike anything else we do in dentistry. And as trainers of sleep apnea, uh, we've seen it all. We see lots of people who come back to from our classes and they go gung-ho and they do very well. We see a lot of people who are happy and they get to that two, three device a month and they, you know, they know how to answer the questions. But we also see quite, uh, quite a few, frankly speaking, who, who struggle to get it off the ground. And uh, this uh, Q&A session is really designed around two types of people. Uh, number one is if you're struggling to get off the ground, uh, we want to kind of talk to you through that. And if you're also in a situation where, hey, I'm doing two, three, four, five devices a month, I'd like to really step it up a lot. Uh, we want you to ask questions and kind of, I want to answer those things as well. Uh, as always, uh, we're joined by our great friend, Aaron Elliott. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm great. How, wow, it's so, I'm so obviously light in outside. a little. I know. <laughs> so light yeah. outside there. Well, and of it, course, I'm joined winter... by Meredith as well. <laughs> yes. Hi. Hi, Meredith. So, all right, let's. Uh, uh, Aaron is joining us from. Not Boise, Idaho, uh, but uh, Coeur area, and, Post Falls, Idaho, yeah. which yeah. is in the top left side of Idaho. But uh, I think that joke's old now. I think after five I know. years. Everyone's heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very north. Almost Canada. Yeah, almost Canada. Almost <laughs> Not a suburb, yeah. but eight hours north of Boise, not a suburb of Boise. But I'm the, I was kind of the one that got to be in my bonnet about just because... You know, when we teach, it's like, I want to get the message out there that dentists should be doing this. We can be doing this. And there's so many patients that need our help. So it's like, I just want to hand over everything possible to fast forward the mistakes that I made, the stumbles that I had. And then I just kind of like hang my head when I um, hear that people aren't really doing it. So, you know, even though everyone usually is really excited. Um, I think 
there's times we lose momentum. So I put up a poll, P-O-L-L, in our forum because we do have ongoing help um, after the course and just wanted to ask what some of the roadblocks were. And in using T-Bone style, I would love to break down some of those barriers. And of course, I'll let you guys leave with what was taught. And I was actually, there was one option on there um, that I was surprised didn't get one vote. And that was the patient being um, not open to it. And, you know, when I first started 12 years ago, that was some of what um, I got was the patients had never heard of a dentist doing this. They don't have a sleep problem. And there's still a lot of people in denial, but I don't think it's as from left field anymore. So I was kind of surprised that that wasn't an issue. And so you guys kind of share with us some of the top after T-Bone finishes a bite of the soup. Yeah, right? I was like, at least move your microphone. I didn't know I'm on. I can hear hear that slurp. Well, listen, I don't like, I know this is a little off target here, but I don't like cold food. We can heat it back up. Or lukewarm food. And I don't do microwave. You don't know even know that it's been microwaved. Well, that, well I'm, what I'm saying is I don't do microwave. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's start. Mer- okay. Meredith, what's the most common question that we got on our little poll? So here? on the Where's Your Roadblock poll, we have figuring out out-of-pocket with medical insurance as the number one reason people are not doing as much sleep as they'd like. All right, so before I turn it over to Aaron to answer this, um, here's, here's a point I would like to make, okay? And honestly, uh, when we started doing sleep in our practice, I made medical insurance a crutch. Uh, and mm-hmm. we were very fortunate. We work in an area uh, in North Carolina where we have good coverage for medical insurance. And then I'm also very fortunate that I am in network with medical insurance as well. But um, what I will say is you can do two, three, four, five devices per month without ever dealing with medical insurance by just not bringing it up. Or when patients mention it, say, unfortunately, a deductible's high, and you're going to have to meet your deductible at some point in time, so you might as well deal with it. That's not necessarily the question. The question was how to determine the yes. out-of-network, you know, the out-of-pocket out of uh, benefits. So, uh, Aaron, why don't you uh, kind of... But that was my point in this, is that we want to answer the question, right. but I also want people to not make insurance insurance the thing yeah and also i know it, we say it over and over again but we ha- we know plenty of people who are doing this without taking insurance at all yeah absolutely so we'll turn it over to you yeah and every Aaron. state okay every state really is different and every state kind of has its main payer as far as blue cross blue shield is usually in every state and the allowables are all over the map so what i mean by allowable is that for that code it's a medical code for an oral appliance for obstructive sleep apnea, each insurance has what they'll pay capped out. And they usually cover 80% of that. And then the patient has to come up with the other 20% after deductible. And so it's very simple to find what deductible is, but it's not so easy to determine what the allowable is. Um, But as, as you get going, you'll keep track of that and be able to to estimate a little bit better. But that sounds overwhelming, right? And 
I think I focus on medical insurance too, because that's what really helped sleep take off in my practice. However, I didn't start out that way. I started out with a cash fee. You can bill your medical yourself. Um, you can figure it out. But I didn't really do that many. But it's possible. And what I think is interesting is the two mindsets. One, that as the dentist, um, we do kind of focus on insurance. But we also are selling more the appliance versus what the patient will benefit from the appliance. For example, when we, we for some reason, can sell a $5,000 aligner case, and the patient doesn't, they understand that it costs that much, and they don't look at the aligners and say, those cost $5,000. No, they know that that's going to get them to a straight smile. But when we offer an oral appliance for, let's say, $2,500 cash fee, all of a sudden, you know, the patient looks at it and says, that costs $2,500. Well, no, you know, the program costs that much. So I think we focus so much on that. And I know, T-Bone, you probably have some good tips on how to overcome that. But um, even if it, we, you always talk about like getting back from a course and having patients that you start out on patients that are patient understanding, know that you're learning your way and just saying, you know what, work with us here. We, this is our first time billing medical, um, you know, getting that understanding from patients just to get started. I think that's the biggest thing is just get started. And then pretty soon it becomes routine. Like, remember when a class one amalgam was the scariest thing we ever had to do when we started in dental school. So we just have to get started. Yes. You know, you know what I would add to this is I love your example about orthodontics because in a way, one of the best things that happened for us was that orthodontics on dental insurance stopped paying typically for adults. So when our adults patient came in, we could always use the excuse or the fact that dental insurance typically doesn't pay for it, and patients were like, okay, because we had confidence in saying that. And I think one of the challenges is that on sleep apnea devices is that we're so built into the mindset of medical insurance that it holds us back and makes it a little bit harder for us. And so I think always, and I think we'll answer this question a little bit later as well, I, I think we have to immediately present uh, affordability as the option after we go through medical insurance. So let me kind of give you guys a little bit of a script on this. Uh, I'm going to use Michelle, who's sitting here ignoring me right now um, as as my patient. You got called into this. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, um, I'm glad that you're interested. I, I'm glad that you're interested in getting this sleep apnea taken care of. From other patients we've worked on, we know it's going to dramatically change your life, and it's something that you want to do because you're tired of other people telling you that you snore, and we want to get this taken care of for you. Um, we've lo- we've gone through the uh, we've gone through and looked through your medical insurance, and unfortunately, uh, they, while they do have coverage for the device, you haven't met your deductible for the year, so that would leave you having to pay about twenty four hundred dollars uh, for the device. The great news is that we do have affordable monthly payments that can drop this any from anywhere from 100 to $200 per month so that you can go ahead and get this medical condition taken care of so it doesn't continue to affect your life. And I think that's the key component there is we lead with medical insurance 
And then as soon as it doesn't pay or it doesn't make it easy for the patient to say yes, we don't have a solution for them. And that's the key. You've got to have the alternative solution in terms of how to make it affordable. And that, uh, uh, that was important. We have an important question for you, Aaron. It's uh, a type-in from an um, audience member. It says, please ask Dr. Elliot why her husband wanted to punch her in the face two nights ago. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Oh, did he say that? <laughs> or was it him? <laughs> because I got... Anyways, I, I was snoring. I was snoring. <laughs> did that make sense? Do you think, Meredith, we Guilty. answered that question pretty well on the the medical insurance side of things? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because two of the top four mm -hmm. of the um, poll were financial, one was financial presentation and one was getting patients to say yes to the appliance slash seeing the value. And so I think the making it affordable wraps both of those into one once you move past what the patient's out of pocket. Yeah. I mean, be. look, we have to utilize uh, medical insurance. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I... I do think there is a separate component to creating the value in it because a lot of times, and we can move on to that next if you yeah. want. Go ahead. If you want to finish up medical. Well, I'll just finish up with medical billing and estimating out of pocket. Like since each allowable is so different in each state, there are some states that it doesn't make sense to be in network or to bill medical when they'll only cover up to $900. Right. Um, and so, but you don't know some of these things and you're not confident in presenting like, well, it could be 200 out of pocket or it could be 2,500. Like which patient, how is the patient sign up for that? Um, but also I think <clears throat> like when I got my knee surgery and I asked them how much it was going to cost me, they like laughed at me. And I don't know 
many other medical offices where they tell you what it's gonna, what you have to pay out of pocket for a procedure. So I think we put some of the pressure on ourselves because in dentistry, we're able to do that a little bit more down to the dollar. So like T-Bone said, it's just, we're focusing on it and then we're not confident in presenting it. And so patients are kind of wishy-washy as well. So um, I think getting started on patients that understand that you're getting started and it won't cost you more than this, but we will try to get them to kick in benefits might, might be a way to just overcome that barrier. Absolutely. So Meredith, what's our next question? Our next thing would be making it a priority slash time. Yeah, you know, the, you, know, you, know you know, my answer. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, Sarah Swift said, uh, she said, I hope she punches him. I also me- have me- something yeah. to add for that. Meaning Aaron <laughs> punches Tom. So Tom, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, T-Bone and Sully shared bunk beds this past weekend. And Sully said, put your sleep appliance in. And he said, it is. No, I said, it is on. <laughs> and he said, then change your bands. <laughs> no, he said, change your position. Like as in get off my back and get to the side or something. No, the first day he said he told you to change the bands. Because <laughs> it wasn't working. It was working just fine, okay? I, I slept We'll great. have to talk about that. Mm, um all right, so time, uh, uh, time. Yes, thank you. Yes, Focus, time, uh, and priority. Thank you, squirrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it was on, it was on topic. Okay. Well, many of you know. Um, look, I, I think sleep is one of those things that is. It's it's it, there is a level of difficulty to implement this in your practice, especially if you're trying to go beyond two three devices per month. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I think, quite frankly, there is, in my opinion, and I know there are other ways of doing this, but in my opinion, there's one nearly foolproof way to do this, and that's to treat sleep as a startup storefront in your practice. So just like when you started your practice, you took a risk, you took out, you had capital, uh, and, and you just got started. And in the beginning, you were losing money or... You had more that, more team members than you needed, and you have to treat sleep that way. I, I am absolutely 100% certain that our success in sleep has everything to do with having a dedicated person to sleep, somebody that takes ownership, and we call them champions in our, in our language, somebody that takes ownership of referrals from the team members, referrals from the outside, making sure that our third-party biller Uh, does their component. Uh, Our champion does their own benefit checks because we want answers quicker than typically third parties can provide it. And uh, they make sure the laboratory and all the clinical components are handled. So I think that that's the important part. I think that not having that, uh, that is really what holds people back. And that doesn't always have to be, and and Aaron reminds me of this all the time, and, and as does Liz, is... It doesn't have to be somebody 100% dedicated to sleep only, but there has to be somebody that owns sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as the dentist, you do have to block out some time, whether that's four hours a week or eight hours a week or 16 hours a week to allow this person the runway to get this off the ground. And they also have to And they may not be doing anything. Oh, yeah, sorry. 
and you have to understand they may not also, be doing anything during those times right exactly and you may have to you also have to understand that this doesn't happen in in a few weeks and in fact the quickest any device can be delivered from the day your patient says yes is typically three four weeks um, between getting the data doing the medical insurance doing the pre-authorization you know sending it to the lab waiting for them to send it back doing the delivery all of that stuff is no different than when when you send lat crowns or something to the lab. There is a turnaround when, time, so it's a it is a three to four week lead time to get your first device off the ground. At the very at the very fastest, and I, I would, think too that we make the mistake that it's always the lead assistant that you put in charge of it because they're usually willing to step up. And sometimes there's you know a diamond in the rough, and they're they're not usually given enough time. It's like, oh, well, Sam's not doing anything. Let's call her chair side. We have an emergency. Right. Or Sam's not helping in sterilization. Uh, you know, that jerk. So <laughs> we, you have to make it an understanding amongst the team that there is some admin time, there's some development time. Um, even, even keeping top of mind, looking at the schedule the next day to ask the hygienist to find their patient of the day. And when it says no time priority, you know the hygienists are sitting there. Well, I don't have time to talk about sleep when I have to scrape, you know, calculus and make their next appointment and talk to them about treatment. So that's our next um, subject. You talk about oh, okay. Um, so making it a priority, keeping it top of mind with the team, finding that champion that's not always the lead assistant, and then being strict about allowing them the time to develop the program. Yeah, I think the time, this is a different type of time, but I think people give up before, you know, we always say it takes like six months or so before you really get your systems in place and you see it take off and people give it three to four weeks, six weeks, and they've done one appliance and they're like, well, this isn't worth it. And they give up. So I think yeah. it that, that type of time for that length of time. It's yeah, a slow know, brew. It is. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, guys don't mind, I'd like to take a moment, and we can leave us all up here. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to make a quick commercial for our sponsor tonight for 3D Dentists, which is me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's much more than me. It's Aaron, Sully, it's JP, it's the whole crew. Um, listen, I know there's lots of choices for sleep apnea education out there. And what I would like to say about what we do is we teach a practical workflow we provide good science behind it but i think what really makes us stand out is the fact that we focus on the business side of things and the strategies of each team member and i think the other part that's very critical to understand is we're all general dentists we're not sleep specialists or sleep dentist specialists uh, we are general dentists who have made sleep a part of what we do and we're trying to implement that uh, for you as well so it's, very, it's, it's a different world when you're learning from somebody who all they do is sleep. Uh, and there's a lot to learn from people like that. I'm not saying that. But I think when you're getting started, in my opinion, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not the best place to get started. And just because you've taken a class once doesn't mean that you shouldn't take it again or you shouldn't send team members to it. Uh, it's no different than watching a movie. When you watch a movie the second time, you pick up things, you learn things, you come back with different questions that you can answer. Uh, so for those that have attended our classes in the past, we do have an audit rate to come to the class. You just contact Meredith. That's 
her over there. And obviously for your team members as well. So we want to um, make sure that uh, that you're aware of that. Or the online well. is a really good refresher. Yeah. And then the online program uh, where we have it uh, uh, available online where you as a whole team can take you know up to six months to watch it all, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is a phenomenal option as well. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to bring it up a little bit more subtly. Okay. No, um, no. I, like, I like that. <laughs> Boom. Commercial. Right out there. Because uh, that takes us into our next roadblock. Our next roadblock is getting the hygienist to bring it up. And if you oh, talk yeah. to me on the phone and you call and you say, I want to do sleep, I typically say the one thing that people who are successful do versus people that aren't <sighs> is bring their hygienist because that's where most of your, that's who most people leave out because they want to leave them at the office working, right? But that's where most of your referrals come from because they know your patients. They spend the most time with your patients while you're getting patients yeah. from your office. Yeah, you know, the only thing I'll say about the hygienist is I'm going to say I'm going to put a lot of blame on the dentist on this. And that's because we set unrealistic expectations and we set up our hygienist to fail. Um, I, I believe in a concept of boiling them slowly and... When you go back to your hygienist and have this new shiny toy, sleep apnea in this case, and you want them to bring it up to everybody, they have literally minimal education on it. They have a minimal comfort level. Uh, they don't even understand what it is, why it's important, any of these things. So I always say, you know, obviously the education is important. Uh, selfishly, that's what we do. But I think the other component of that is, is you've got to just ask them to talk to one person per day. That's yeah. it. That's enough. You know, if you can do one person per day, uh, that's a great start. And they will naturally become more comfortable. Not overwhelmed. And we're just talking about just talking to them about it, not even like saying they have to get an appliance. It's just bringing it up to the patient. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just a matter of, of just bringing it up. And, and so, Aaron, if you guys don't, if you don't mind, can, you know, I, I'll, I'll lead you with this. Uh, I'll lead into it for you. Uh, when we talk about hygienists, you know, hygienists fit in, uh, we have a four-step workflow that we teach. We teach awareness, uh, assisting with diagnosing, uh, financial, how to make it affordable for the patients, and the clinical components of it. And your hygienist really fits into the awareness component of it. And when we talk about awareness, I refer to dental physical conditions and then medical non-physical conditions. Uh, and Aaron, can you go through, I'll go through some of the yeah. non-physical conditions, the medical conditions, and if you don't mind, give us three or four uh, dental conditions that a hygienist, you know, the top three or four that the hygienist should be aware So of. the top four answers are on the board. I would start with ruxing and clenching. I'll just put those together so I get other options. But um, we are connecting, or not we, but researchers are connecting ruxing and clenching with, you know, propping open the airway. So if we see uh, tooth wear or abfractions that, or patients complain of it, then um, we, I automatically ask if anyone has ever told them they snore. The second thing that is almost, it's, it's indi indicative of 70% of that population has an HI over five, which is considered, um, sleep apnea or mild sleep apnea is a scalloped tongue and that's not a decorative term but it's when the patient first opens you can see ridges or indentations along the side of the tongue and that's an indication that there's just not enough room so it has nowhere to go but back and then we have um, acid erosion 
And we 66% of acid reflux sufferers actually have sleep um, apnea. And a lot of acid reflux sufferers show erosion in the teeth, but don't have the typical heartburn symptoms. So we talk about atypical symptoms in the course. And then lastly, it's just their airway in general. Like what is it red and beat up? Is it swollen, narrow, battered uvula, that kind of thing. So that's, those are the top four dental signs and symptoms. So, and just, uh, do you mind wrapping that up again? Go through the top four again without all the explanation behind it. One, two, yes. three, four. So, uh, bruxing. Okay, number one then, is bruxing. Um, scallop tongue. Number two is scallop tongue. Acid erosion. Number three is acid erosion. Just in case they didn't hear you, I'll just repeat it. Yep, four is airway. Number four is the general look of the airway. Um, or throat. And, and so, so, in the throat, basically. So, <clears throat> those are four physical conditions, as I term physical conditions, that your hygienist should be looking at almost every single day on almost all their patients anyway. And if they notice some of these things, at that point, what I want them to do is start looking at their medical history. And I'll walk through the top four conditions that we're looking at on our medical history. Number one would be cardiac conditions. Uh, in this, I would look at uh, stroke, heart attack, high blood pressure, and the medications associated with that. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a very high percentage of patients uh, that have sleep apnea that have these cardiac conditions. Uh, number two <clears throat> that I would look at is diabetes. Uh, and there's... What was so funny there? The way you said diabetes. <laughs> it was diabetes. Isn't that the southern way of saying it? No, it's it? that one guy from the commercial. All right, sorry, keep going. I won't laugh at <laughs> Number you Number two is diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Okay, type 2 diabetes. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, I think it's 72% chance of your patients that have type 2 diabetes have obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, number three would be psychiatric medications. Uh, patients with insomnia, major depressive disorder, uh, depression, uh, anxiety, uh, there's a high percentage of those patients that also have uh, sleep apnea. And number four is one that Aaron kind of mentioned, and that's acid reflux. Uh, those patients with acid reflux also have a high percentage chance. And, and the truth is, is if you really listen to what we just said, and let me repeat those again. One is cardiac conditions. Two is diabetes. <laughs> Three is psychiatric conditions, and then number four is um, acid reflux. Uh, that probably constitutes 60, 70, 80 percent of your patients. And I think that's you got all four, Tiva. Um, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, all of it. I was thinking that maybe I didn't have the psychiatric conditions, but then, <laughs> then I said that was first on the list. Um, and so I'm not saying that those patients have sleep apnea. What I'm saying is there's a likely chance that they have sleep apnea, and our job as healthcare professionals is to inform our patients. And, and that's how you move into the next step, and that's where you give them the opportunity or encourage them to take a sleep test to rule out whether or not they have obstructive sleep apnea. So that's kind of, you know, to me in a nut, not in a nutshell, but a long way around it to answer. What was the question again there? <laughs> <laughs> what are the signs and symptoms? Of Hi, getting your hygienist, getting, getting your, your hygienist, hygienist to bring it she up. She even forgot the question so, at this point in time. Yeah, but you know, I, and I understand like not, not anybody and everybody has sleep apnea and not to the hygienists do have a lot 
to do. However, it doesn't seem so formidable if you just ask him to bring it up to one patient. And, you know, the dentist doesn't have time. And oftentimes I hear like, well, I don't know why patients don't move forward because I mean, I educate them. And as soon as I hear that, what I hear is they do all the talking and the, and the patient doesn't do enough. And really you need to find what the pain point is for that patient. So we do talk a lot about these kind of subtle things in the course that we have at 3D Dentist, which we will be doing a course next week at the new retreat center. Yes. And then we have another one, I believe, <laughs> April, correct? Yeah, and we have another one in Phoenix. Well, yeah, we're just March. back to back to back. We're just Aaron, Aaron's ready to get the hell out of Idaho because she's afraid her husband's going to punch her in the face. No, it was the opposite. She was going to punch him. Yeah. No, no. I think were you going to um, punch him or was he going to punch you? He was going to punch me because I was snoring. No, no, I want to oh. be clear. Sarah made to sure people that, that I don't punched know. Him. Tom was not going to punch Aaron. <laughs> she was going to punch him. That's fine. We, <laughs> no, we're, it's all good. I, I, I'm all good. We, we have a very fun relationship. It's all good. <laughs> What's next, Meredith? So, um, skipping down a little bit, we have getting the whole team on board, which kind yeah. of goes with that as well. Yeah. And I think one of the things with Aaron's course, um, I try to explain to people that if they're not comfortable treating a medical condition or they haven't been trained properly, they're probably not going to bring it up yeah. to patients because they don't feel confident where they think it's okay for the doctor to. But for team members who have taken the course, whether it's online, yeah. in person, they feel much more confident bringing it up. Yeah. And, you know, one, one thing I would like to say, and I'm going to unsell a little bit here, is, look, you don't have to bring all your team members. That That's a... Uh, that's mm -hmm. an excuse. You know, I, I think you can get core people to go back and right. teach the message. But on this question, I want you to repeat the question again, if you don't mind, Meredith. Getting the whole team on board. Getting the whole team on board. I think there's a simple key way to do this. And that is when you get back to the office, you don't treat patients. You treat every team member and every team member's bed partner. And the reason for that is several things. One, you get used to the equipment and all the processes that involved. Number two, your team members understand what you're asking the patients to do. And number three, you start understanding a why and you start making a connection between the sleep test results, the home sleep study results, and your own life. And especially if you got to the point where your team member needs a device and you're kind enough to make them a device, it changes it. You know, um, you know, when I was in dentistry in the early 2000s and I wanted to do more porcelain cases, uh, I was always told, then treat one of your team members and let them be your shining example. When I want to start doing more aligner get one, of, get some retainers for all your team members and make them wear retainers, <laughs> whether they have, you know, whether they need ortho or not, so that patients will start asking about it. Or you can make the comment, hey, by the way, did you know that I had Invisalign or SureSmile XYZ on? And, and so the same thing. If you really want your team to be successful, treat them. And that, to me, is the, the main key to getting your team on board. And or the next part of that would be, if you have the wrong people, stop being afraid. You know, just uh, uh, move forward. Uh, you know, should or get off the pot, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> 
Um, you can. It's it's your show. Um, I think too that's a great. It it helps you get comfortable with scanning and taking the bite and establishes a relationship with you know whatever lab you use. It really helps break down those barriers, so you're not as um, anxious about bringing it up. Or and here's the other thing is what but what if i don't know the answer and it's like well that's that's great that's a when a patient asks a question you don't know the answer to you know that's a great question i am gonna go find out the answer for you the worst you'll say is i don't know yeah, yeah. i mean I, so, so here's the question go, i have sorry. for dentists do they have every answer for their patients i mean I, mean, I, I, mean, I think we're I, expected to, or we put the pressure on. I think us we too. put up pressure on know. ourselves. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think our patients know that we know. It. Um, at, and Meredith, just to, to go back to the value thing, um, I think that oftentimes people, patients, think, "Well, this is how I've always lived. Like this, this isn't gonna." change me. I, I get that. I get that comment all the time at delivery. Well, I hope this works. I'm like, well, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'm like, wait, I do at least get a dollar when you, when people say that. Um, but the more people you treat, the more they tell others. I would say 40% of our patients' uh, referrals come from other people we've treated. So getting that value across, I think you really need to get down into the patient's story and what is how it's affecting them whether it be snoring that their wife complains all the time, waking up four or five times a night, that's not normal and many patients think it is. Um, using the restroom several times a night, is it, um, you know, they're exhausted and Does it count they if you use can't the seem to get the through their day. That's probably worse. <laughs> you want to depend. Or how about all the <laughs> money they're spending on energy drinks that we could save you? I just think that we can't treat the numbers in the textbook mm -hmm. there's a human being and that's one thing that we forget to connect so when we're talking about value it's we're not learning to communicate with patients we're not learning how to take all this data we get from a sleep study and showing them that you know yeah you you got a phone call from your the sleep lab that says ah you have it but it's mild are they gonna go spend all you know twenty five hundred dollars but when you show them that that mild case is actually you closing your airway closing down 80 times, that really changes. Like, it's my favorite thing is to see that change, that shift in their face when their eyes open wide, like, holy cow, this really is affecting more, me more than I thought. And um, I know there's some nuances and a little bit of an art to it, but I think that's where a lot of dentists miss this patients that they could help or creating the value in yeah you know i think i think it boils down to dentists get scared we are taught that uh, we can only treat certain types of patients and certain levels of patients and that we can't do anything without asking the government or the physicians or the lawyers or i mean it's like we're not allowed to do any we can't think for ourselves and the truth is we just got to get started we're going to make mistakes okay uh, and and it's a removable device. I mean, you can just take it out of the patient's mouth. You can give them the money back. You know, <laughs> if that's what yeah, it it's scarier cutting a veneer case, honestly. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. 
T-Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. All right, so we have one question here. I, I do want to answer this. I can't, all I see is Facebook users, so I don't know who wrote it. If it's coming from a group. Okay. That's why. So it says, from a production standpoint, this is a ton of effort on the dentist's end to sell a $600 sleep appliance. So I want to talk about that. Number one, um, it's not $600. Uh, maybe your lab bill is $600. That's pretty close to being true. Uh, but uh, the average device in our practice over the years, north of $2,000. Uh, and, and you're right. It is a lot of effort on the dentist's end, and that's why we focus on making it a team-driven procedure. Yeah, very um, much so. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, so yes, you're right. If if it, it was honestly a work that I was doing all the time, then and then quite frankly, I probably wouldn't be as mm-hmm. successful doing it. Mm-mm. I was just going to ask you when's the last time you've done a sleep appliance. Well, listen, I see the I see all the patients, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. in terms you of check meeting in on them, them, but but, but I, no different than a hygiene. But, but you know what's amazing when I go in and say, hey, I'm going to have you. I'm going to yeah, I'm always here for you. If you ever have any questions or we run into trouble, I'll be here. But Liz is going to take great care of you. All, not one of the patients says, oh, you mean you're not going to be taking care of this? Yeah. From begin- not one. No, not I think, one. You know why? You even, know why the, even, is, even the wife of the physicians who come to see us, or the yeah. physicians, they don't say, what do you mean? Like, they're the ones for sure. They're even shocked to see me, to be quite honest with you. I think that's what it is. In the medical world, you deal with the mid-level providers or the nurse. Like, you don't, you rarely get the actual doctor time. So I think that there is a little bit of a mental shift that they don't expect to see me all the time. So, yeah, and frankly, they don't need to see you all the time. Mm-hmm. They don't no, need, this is no. not one of those procedures where they need to see I'm you doing, all the time. I'm doing dentistry most of the time. Um, can I ask what time it is? Uh, 8.50. 8.50, our oh. time. I don't know what it is okay. over there. great. I don't know what it is on the moon where <laughs> you're at. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Sean asked a question. Do we have any, any other pressing questions from there? Because there's someone here I would like to ask. Um, no, go ahead. No, okay. I think yeah. that was kind of it, yeah. Okay, so uh, number one. I, I always I always like to shout her out because she always shows up and that's uh, Dana Irby Horton. 
She is always there. If oh, we could all have yeah. team members like Dana, yeah. uh, we'd be amazing. You know, Dennis, she would be so much better. So, uh, and Dana mentioned this. Uh, she said, uh, "My patients say I'm here to see Dana, not Doctor Bear." <laughs> That's true. Which Liz is too. probably probably <laughs> a Sam good thing. Too, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Liz. Well, like, you know what? I think Dana. Well, I think Dana could probably say this that Doctor Bear had to get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A little bit. So, all the dent. I yeah. had to get out of the way. You know, I used to take all the bites and everything. And one day, like I was busy doing something, and I walked in, uh, and Liz and Liz goes, "All right, I'll get this up." But she was already taking the bite. We're good. I said, well, <laughs> "Let me at least check it." <laughs> you know, and I checked it. I'm like, "Okay, I guess you and know." And then what you're you doing. never did that but again. But it, it was no different than when I was working with Liz on Sarek, when I was working with Liz on implants, all that stuff. Um, all right. So another question: uh, the same Facebook user said two thousand dollars. A little different story. Um, and even then, even if it's $2,000, $1,500, the numbers are somewhat irrelevant to me. Uh, I, I do want to mention this. Number one, charge what you're worth. You're providing a medical service. Um, charge what you're worth, okay? Uh, there is, uh, it's important for us to charge what we're worth. I don't want to get into too much there. And then Sean Thompson asks, how do you attract patients outside your practice that want apnea treatment? So I'm going to defer to Aaron after I make one statement. And the first step is, the first statement is, I don't believe that as dentists we should be going out and asking for referrals until we actually know what the hell we're doing. And by that I mean we should be doing two, three, four, five appliances consistently from within our practice before we go out and ask physicians to refer to us because nothing will break a relationship with a physician and nothing will ruin it for dentistry in general than your patient, their patients coming to you and having an experience uh, that isn't fantastic. And when you go to physicians and ask for referrals, they are 1,000% uh, dictated and crutched on medical insurance. So if you're uh. going to go outside and ask for physicians' referrals, you better have your medical insurance game on point. I'll yes, and they you. don't care about... They don't care about credentials or your training or anything. It's insane to me. Um, it's all about medical insurance with physicians. I, I would say that that does come um, not necessarily slowly, but you build, you have a good experience with your patient. I will even tell the patient, hey, could you tell so-and-so, your, your physician, um, what a great experience it was here and how well you're doing with this. We, I think the biggest thing is sending letters. That is the easiest, cheapest, um, best way to get into a physician's office. Because, and especially now with COVID, it's much more difficult. Um, I utilize, I play soccer with physicians or their nurses, you know, any sort I'm in a smaller town and I wasn't afraid to market. It's not a four letter word in my book. Um, most of my marketing is towards sleep versus dentistry because that does make us, um, you know, what we, what we provide is, is special and, um, it attracts patients because they didn't even know it was an option. So I'm just trying to get the word out there that oral appliances uh, are an option and that, uh, sleep apnea is much more, it's not an old fat man's disease. Absolutely. Uh, so Sean made a, uh, clarification. I'm giving Sean Thompson a lot of, lot of, lot of time here, a lot of effort. <laughs> I like. Okay. Uh, I'm just 
somewhat being joking here, but uh, he says I'm speaking about marketing, so I'm assuming he's referring to external marketing. Uh, so let me talk a little bit about yeah. internal marketing, um, and then I'll let Aaron talk about external marketing, because I, I believe, Aaron, you've actually done some external marketing for sleep. So on the internal side, before you go outside, I, I, look, I'm always a big believer, before you go outside, you go inside. Before you go outside to physicians, you go inside to your patient base. Before you go outside to external marketing, you go inside to your internal marketing. Internal marketing for me would, would be, are you using your patient communication software, things like RevenueWell, Modento, Lighthouse, whatever different uh, products there are out there. Are you sending out blasts? Number two, are you doing a blog on your website uh, where your patients can read it? And that also goes into external marketing as well. Number three, are you doing subliminal marketing? Uh, I can't tell you how many patients uh, bring up sleep apnea or snoring. Uh, because we have digital signs in our signs in our office that talk about that, uh, and same with Invisalign, all all the different things there. Uh, so so internally, and then the internally is all your patients. I uh, saw your team members. So those are some of the internal areas and having signs out uh, that you can do. So Aaron, do you mind talking about um, uh, your external? And none efforts? of those things cost cost what. Oh, All of those internal marketing things you talked about. Cost thirty-five dollars yeah. to get printed at the Tinkers. Yeah, and if you're a non-poster kind of office, me. then I think you still need to have some sort of sleep literature up where patients do bring it up. Um, oh, external marketing. We do the little health fairs and expos. Um, I do newspaper. Still works around here. We do video testimonials and and social media. Uh, really, I, I go to, I do do some lunch and learns. We've hosted dinners before, um, the local CPAP rep and I did a dinner. So there's a lot of opportunities to get out to the public as well as, um, to physicians. It, you do have to beat the pavement or give time to your sleep champion to do so. Um, really, if you have any sort of personal connection or patient that works at a medical office, I think that is always beneficial because as soon as they meet you face to face, then they're like, oh, okay. And they, and, and I get two minutes of their time to explain that sleep apnea is not an old fat men's disease. We start seeing more referral. And here's the other thing. We'll bill medical. We'll keep you in for, we'll take, if you refer off, we will take care of the patient from beginning to end. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt Stanridge said, can't I just pay 100K for exclusive <laughs> rights to my zip code? Number one, where the Matt lives. probably not that big. <laughs> where Matt lives, I hope he wouldn't pay 100 grand for the no, rights this, to his zip code of 800 people. <laughs> there's a little bit of um, a reference to a little reference to a fight i got into <laughs> that and and uh there are people out there that will sell you magic bullets and uh as an educator who makes money selling classes i will tell you our class is not a magic bullet and there is no magic bullet to anything okay um is there anything else meredith no i think that's no. it uh, i gotta Aaron, go get stretched Got dark there, I really didn't know exactly what you said there. So <laughs> that sounded very southern. You've been hanging out here too much. Stretch. I gotta go get stretched at Stretch Lab. If you are interested in adding sleep apnea to your practice, uh, if you have taken other sleep classes and have struggled to get it going in your own office, um, please do consider 3D dentists. Um, 
with Aaron, we provide phenomenal sleep apnea training. Uh, we have our new 3D retreat, our 10-acre campus, our retreat center, which is has the, the lodge to stay in, uh, the training center, and the loft for team, for team escapes. Uh, it's, it's quite frankly phenomenal. I'm so excited for you to see it, Aaron, uh, when you get here next week. And uh, it really, I think, was going to enhance our education because for those who choose the VIP uh, exper add-on experience, uh, they will get time to spend, we'll spend time with them and they'll get to pick our brains until, we're going to have to set a time limit to this, okay? <laughs> I think this, I think this 2 a.m. business time. wasn't so great for me, <laughs> but uh, it was it was so much fun. And, um, uh, and, and here's what I'll tell you. If you're serious and if you're a winner, uh, don't come without your team members. If you're right. a winner, here it is again. Well, no, because I say that. It's true. If, if you want to, if you want to win, uh, bring one or two team. Bring key team members, not all of them. Look, I like to take your money and take all of them, uh, but but that's not uh, always practical. Well, it we also takes up a lot yeah. of space. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, you need to bring a couple of team members. Yeah. One, they'll get great education. Number two, will will motivate them, and they'll also get to meet my sleep champion. They'll get to meet some team members. They'll get access to some those mentors. Things. Yeah, and and, and we'll and, bond, and you'll bond with your team. Yeah, and and you'll get to bond. So. Uh, uh, Sarah asked, where's that? The retreat is where 3D Dentist has moved to, which is Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we're about 20 minutes north of the office now. But they uh, came to the course in Nashville. Yeah, they She's came to the course. with Matt and Nisi's oh, Okay, they came to Nashville. Well, you need to tell Matt to come back down to Raleigh. In fact, I think He's he is. coming. Yeah. In June. <laughs> right. yeah. So, uh, anyway, Aaron, you enjoy your stretching. Uh, and everybody here Thanks. on Facebook uh, and our, our groups, uh, please continue to submit your questions. And... We'll see you guys, and let's get back to business in 2021. Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.